Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hardware Podcast. My name is Jackson Denner, alongside my good friend Omar Borja. Um, Omar, we are finally doing a preview for like a real college football week. It's awesome. No all-star game, no National Football League draft preview. I mean, we're doing no interview. We're doing like real stuff here. This is what it's all about, right? Um, so uh, we're doing our week zero preview today. If you don't already know, uh, week zero is really kind of like the soft opening to the college football season, right? All these games primarily, or not all of them, but the vast majority of them are on August 27th, this upcoming Saturday. So, man, I, I couldn't be more excited. We're finally getting where you know, we're wrapping up the preseason in the NFL. And we're getting into the legit college football season and games that matter. Yeah, I'm so excited, too, for week zero. Um, what else is there to say? College football's back. Now, it's not like the last offseason where we had the spring FCS, Division two, Division three, NAI season uh, to tie us over. But um, it's back, and it felt, you know, it didn't feel that long ago that we were watching, uh, you know, Georgia win their first national title since um, 1980, and then, you know, just all the other bowl games, too. It doesn't seem that that far away, honestly. And even the All-Star games, too, like, if you're looking at um, the last All-Star game of the season, which is the HBCU Legacy Bowl, that's a, that was on February 19th this year. You're looking at only five months without college football. So, you know, maybe maybe the time keeps uh, feeling quicker and quicker that we don't have football. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it feels like it feels like more than five months for me since we've watched friend of the show, Neil Bordreau and the coin toss. Right. Um, but <laughs> But man, um, it's it's we're here and it's going to fly by like that. We're going to blink and it's going to be November, I feel like. So um, obviously no players from the previous week to watch since this is week zero. Um, I don't think next week we're supposed to have players to watch just because a lot of teams that are playing this weekend are not next weekend. But we'll start doing that come week two. Uh, but man, we'll just hop right in. Uh, I'll let you go with your, your first game to watch this week. Yeah. Also just a brief note. Um, so we will be taking a break. Well, at least I will be taking a break unless Jackson finds another uh, co-host to do hardware with as I will be out of commission for weeks one, two, and three and the lead up to week three, uh, paying my dues back to uncle Sam for a training exercise. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we won't, we, for that reason, we won't have uh, players to watch until about week four. But, you know, when I come back, you know, there'll be a, excuse me, some heartburns coming here, but uh, there'll be some, there'll be a recap of the, of the four, first few weeks of the season and who's on the leading boards of the Heisman and other races too, so. Got a pretty emotional there, man. <laughs> that was just afternoon church's chicken that was uh, coming out. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, so, okay, so I, I guess to start things off with, uh, with my first game, um, Probably the game of the week, I think. Uh, last year, game day was at this game. I was at this game. It was an absolutely electric atmosphere. We have the MEAC SWAC Challenge at 7 Eastern on ESPN. And, I mean, shoot, we had a great announcing team. Last year, we had Mark Jones and RG3's debut in the booth. I mean, that's, I mean, RG3 was an amazing uh, color commentator. And then Mark Jones, of course, always one of the more, I think one of the more underrated talents on ESPN calling that game. Just a great atmosphere on TV, a great atmosphere. You know, if you're like me and you're there watching the bands play at Center Park Stadium, watching a, an upset unfold over in, uh, in front of your eyes with North Carolina Central defeating the uh, defend the, I think the, I think the two, the 2018 
the 20 the 2018 and 2019 SWAC champions in uh, Alcorn State there in Atlanta kind of set tone for the SWAC uh, that year. So this year in the, in the MAC SWAC Challenge, we got Alabama State versus Howard. The Howard Bison, one of the biggest brands in HBCU football. Alabama State, a school we are both familiar with, especially Jackson, who, uh, you know, absolutely loved uh, Ezra Gray's tape. And Ezra Gray, a USFL player for the Breakers this past spring, you know, had a, had a, co- had a couple carries and a kick return in the uh, – in the in the in the semifinal game on a, on Saturday night at NBC, but this game, you know, these two programs struggled a bit. We had Howard went three and eight last year, but it was a deceptive three and eight at times. Howard was highly competitive in a bunch of games, including a three point loss to South Carolina State, who most of you know, even if you're a casual college football fan, beat Jackson State and coach coach Deion Sanders out in Atlanta in the Celebration Bowl, honestly by a lot by three touchdowns. Uh, they only lost to them by three or uh, Howard lost to South Carolina State by three. And they also beat Sacred Heart, the 2021 NEC champs, who, you know, we've talked about from time to time on this podcast with uh, Julius Chestnut having such a good year in 2020 in the spring year for the Waldo, as a Walter Payton finalist, making it to the Hula Bowl. They beat that team, Sacred Heart, a playoff team uh, by five points. Alabama State went five and six last year, but this team has so much young talent returning. They have, I think, their top six rec- receivers from last year returning. They have a good young quarterback in Ryan Nettles, uh, who I think is sophomore year, but he returns. Uh, and then they have the reti- their leading rusher, who was not Ezra Gay, surprisingly, but Ja'Cory Merritt, who, uh, who you know, sorry, who came up because of Ezra Gray's injury. So this game, I, I expect it to be close. Uh, I expect Alabama State to be favored if lines have come out yet for uh, for that game. I expect Alabama State to be favored. But I expect a close competitive game, which uh, brings me to uh, a new partnership we're doing. Or it's not so new, but uh, since uh, if you're watching us in the spring, we were doing the the, the HBCU Pigskin Showdown podcast with uh, that all-star game. So we're going to continue that partnership and we're going to do each week. We do uh, an HBCU pigskin player of the week and a player to watch going forward. So my HBCU pigskin players of the week or to watch uh, are, uh, we have Keenan Isaac who was on the Shrine Bowl 1000 watch list. You know, the Shrine Bowl, Shrine Bowl released a thousand players that they're looking for this upcoming season. This is the guy that had 33 tackles, seven pass breakups last season. So that's my guy for Alabama State to watch. And then for Howard, um, a guy to watch for that All-Star game is, shoot, I thought I, I thought I had it written down here, but luckily Howard made a press release for uh, their guys making the Shrine Bowl 1000. So as I pull that up really quick, uh, it was a lineman that I had in mind and and as I pull it up, sorry, you'll have to excuse us. We're, we're working out the kinks here. We're working out the kinks. But for uh, our, my guy here, I have Darian Brokenver, who um, had, a, had a solid year last year. Uh, he had 24 tackles, 19 solo, two and a half sacks, and set, he had, uh, sorry, three and a half sacks. Um, so Darian Brokenver out of Howard and Keenan Isaac out, out of Alabama State. And I guess one more guy to watch, not a senior, but Quinn Williams, a quarterback out of Howard. If you're if you're interested in the Walter Payton race, as you should be, you know, out in the FCS, Quinn Williams is a great dual threat quarterback. 2,353 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, third team all MEAC. And and if you look at it, it makes sense. It's third best quarterback in the MEAC. I mean, looking at Quinn Williams or looking at uh for probably, I guess. Juwan Carter, excuse me, Juwan Carter, another solid quarterback out there, and Corey Fields out of South Carolina State, some good quarterbacks out there for him to be third team. And he's not as mobile as other quarterbacks last year, but he has enough mobility. So dark horse contender for the HBCU player of the year. Sorry, that was long-winded, but we'll work out the kinks on our delivery. 
No, you're good, man. No, those are those are some great guys to watch. And I mean, there's no excuse this week, right? This is one of the bigger games on the HBCU calendar. It's week zero, which plenty of college football, but still a weaker slate than we typically have. Um, so, man, no excuse. Go ahead and put that on. Uh, get a get a second TV if you need it uh, in case your team is playing in the same time slot. And we'll you know definitely definitely be keeping an eye on that. Um, I'll go ahead and go. Uh, I'll, I'll go with my first game, and it turns out my HBC of Pittskin Showdown player to watch for that week is also in this game, so I'll do the same format you did. Uh, uh, FAMU at North Carolina, Florida A&M at North Carolina. Um, man, Florida A&M is coming off of a 9-3 and three season last year, so a very successful season, even though they you know didn't win their conference or anything. Um, I, I expect them to run the ball a lot with running uh, with running back by committee. Uh, they've got two big backs in Terrell Jennings and Jalen McLeod. They're both over six foot, both 230 pounds plus. Um, and then they also picked up a transfer from Coastal Carolina, who's obviously had a lot of success the past few years, and Isaiah Connolly. Um, who, Isaiah is my guy to watch uh, as far as my HBCU picks and showdown player to watch this week. Man, looking at, at Isaiah's track record, obviously a lot of success coming from Coastal Carolina. Um, and, uh, man, he's a former three-star recruit, so it's not like he you know wasn't even on the board and then went to Florida A&M. I and mean, that's pretty good for an FCS school, right? So three stars, and he's averaged – about like five yards per carry at Coastal Carolina. So, you know, that may be a short distance back, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I'm really curious how Florida A&M plans to use him and plans to use all three running backs. And uh, and now that they're missing, um, I believe Bishop Bonnet, right? Uh, Bishop Bonnet uh, uh, graduated this past year. And so huge gap to fill. And hopefully these guys can, uh, these guys can fill it up. But uh but yeah, moving on to the North Carolina side of things, they're coming off of a kind of disappointing six and seven year. Um, I think the expectation is probably a little bit higher there in North Carolina, especially for the lack of depth that the ACC has. So you can watch that game uh, 8:15 Eastern on the ACC network. Um, I'm not sure if it's like a like a paycheck game, like if it's officially like a cupcake game, but it's not going to be a cupcake. It's going to be competitive and. I might even favor Florida A&M. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for it. I mean, sure. I wouldn't favor Florida A&M, but it will, I think it will be more competitive than people think. Um, but yeah, it is a paycheck game. I think uh, the next few years, North Carolina will be scheduling a couple HBCUs as a celebration, as a cel- excuse me, as a celebration of those programs. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should be exciting uh, having those teams too, especially a, a program with as rich a tradition as Florida A&M. And it goes beyond the band, goes beyond the marching 100, just so much tradition for Florida and have so many great players that have um, that have passed, you know, uh, passed through those halls and so many great coaches too, like uh, Jake Pappas and Nate Gaither. So the uh, tradition of the tradition of, um, excuse me, of Florida A&M is alive and well, for sure. So uh, next up for my net, for my second game to watch, I have UConn at Utah state, and this one's a fascinating game for a few reasons too. So I'm going to start off with, uh, on the lower end of things with UConn. Uh, this is a UConn team that returns 15 starters. And we all know the, uh, the bumps in the road that they went through, including a loss to Holy Cross on Labor Day weekend. 
excuse me, to uh, the fight in Max, the fight in Matt Lucas out, out there in Worcester. But uh, they they had a loss. They went one and eleven. Their one win was, I think, a one score victory over Yale. You know, it was good to see Yale play an FBS school again, an Ivy League school play an FBS school. But UConn really had a tough year. You know th- that season. Uh, but they get a boost at quarterback. I mean, it seemed to be a revolving door quarterback last year for the Huskies. They get Taquan Roberson. Uh, he's a Penn State transfer, has game experience for Penn State. And this is a, this is an offense that can be more dynamic with Roberson at quarterback uh, because he has more mobility than the quarterbacks they had last year, whether it be Zach Giorgio, Zach, or sorry, Jack Zergiotis, Canadian guy, you know, complicated name there, uh, or uh, Tyler, Tyler Pomachan. Um, he has more mobility, obviously has that highly touted uh, nature and talent to him. So UConn will be improved this year. On to Utah State. Utah State is fresh off a Mountain West title and a statement making, making win over Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. I don't think any team made a bigger statement. I, okay, I'm sorry. I think, I think they're probably a top five team in terms of making a statement during bowl season last year as they had a pretty, a pretty I wouldn't say dominant, but... I mean, they they looked great against Oregon State, an Oregon State school that, you know, making the first bowl game in a while, didn't just didn't barely get into bowl season. But um, they looked great against and beat him 24 to 13 on primetime on ABC with Joe Tess on the call on the call. I think I don't think it gets any better in bowl season for that for a big for a group of five team. Um, interesting quarterback battle here in Utah State. And may and I want to I'm kind of intrigued by what they're doing with their quarterbacks because they have three very capable quarterbacks. Of course, Logan Bonner looks to be the starter this year. Right. He has 36. He had 3,600 yards last year, 36 touchdowns. They also have Levi Williams, who had 540 non-sack rushing yards for Wyoming and nine passing touchdowns and also ran for 200 yards in a very entertaining, uh, famous Idaho potato bowl. And I think he's a sophomore this year. If I, if I, if I remember correctly, he's a sophomore this year. So he has a couple years of eligibility. So I pull up my um, fill, my fill steel right here. Um, he is a sophomore yeah so he has he has a two more years of eligibility after the season and on if, if those two guys were not enough they also have cooper lega who came off the bench in the la bowl and threw a touchdown on his first career pass uh to devin Com- Tompkins in the la bowl and ended up playing very well in that game so you utah state has three very very great quarterbacks or i guess yeah very capable quarterbacks start off by logan bonner but from an awards perspective too i mean logan bonner is a guy you should be looking at i mean probably a dark horse heisman candidate uh, not just because of the team he played on last year, but some of the opportunities they'll get to play in front of national audiences too, like week zero and the following week they play Alabama. Now I'm not saying they're, be- they're going to beat Alabama, but if uh, that's a dangerous game for Alabama, if they, uh, you know, if they don't look dominant against Utah state, Utah state has a chance to kind of be competitive in that game. And if Logan Bonner throws for, you know, about 300 yards or so keeps it competitive, Logan Bonner's name that probably people, it's, he's a household name, you know, so that's my guy to watch out for this week. UConn, Utah State, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1. Definitely, man. I forgot all about that from the L.A. Bulls, just coming right off the bench and, and slinging it. So oh, Also, might I add, might I add, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, L.A. Bull, or Jimmy Kimmel show star, uh, um, Logan Bonner, you know, in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, <laughs> Jimmy, in the Jimmy Kimmel show, they had, uh, you know, a bunch of the stars from uh, Oregon State and Utah State uh, come on the stage and tell a joke like they did in the good old days. I hope they do that again. You know, uh, you know, have the have the football players come to the stage leading up to that bowl game. So uh, I'll probably show that clip too, um, right about now. You know, just gonna pause a bit and edit that clip in there. But yeah, so might I add, uh, Jimmy Kimmel show star comedian or budding comedian Logan Bonner. 
looking butter. Absolutely. Just adding to the resume there for sure. Um, I'll go ahead and go with my second game to watch. Um, if this game was in October, I don't really know if I would pay any attention to it. Um, but uh, Charlotte at Florida Atlantic. Uh, now you may be thinking this was one-sided last year, and it, and it was. It was. It was 38-9 to Florida Atlantic uh, victory. But I want to point out a couple things. Charlotte last year opened up really strong and beat a Power 5 team in Duke in last year's season opener. Willie Taggart coach teams are one in three in the past four season openers. So I'm just pointing that out. Charlotte, at least last year, had a really strong opening. Willie Taggart traditionally not doing so hot in week zero or week one. So just point that out. Uh, you can watch it seven o'clock Eastern time on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, so who knows, might be entertaining. Not too much college football on at night, particularly for that, that slate's kind of weak. So excited to excited to see it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the game, the game, like you mentioned, to watch at night is, uh, is outside a the challenge. Miak Squack Challenge. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, Sorry, but, uh, I should clarify. Yeah. There's not a lot of depth to that slate. So, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and if you have a second TV setup, this one is one to have because a Charlotte looks like a dark horse team out of Conference USA and FAU does for that matter. You'd be looking at two good quarterbacks for uh, both teams. Uh, Nicosi Perry, Miami transfer, if you remember him, you know, the past few years on the struggle Miami offenses kind of started to come onto his own last year, coming to his own second year in the Florida Atlantic system and Willie Taggart system. I expect him to have a solid year. And then Char and Charlotte has Chris Reynolds, um, so which I, I got to check if, I, if I'm stepping on your toes here, Jackson, but I don't think any of those guys list as players to watch. But uh, yeah, just two good quarterbacks too. So good quarterback play should uh, should happen in that game. And yeah, that Charlotte game too. That Charlotte Duke game, Charlotte's first ever Power Five victory. What an electric game that was. Honestly, you had uh, even though Mateo Durant ran left, right, middle, diagonal on the Charlotte defense, uh, Charlotte found a way to win that game late, and uh, they run and the students rushed the field. So uh, certainly something to watch out for there. You know, some good old Conference USA football. You know. I guess um, before things get kind of wonky with the Conference USA's kind of, you know, membership uh, next season. But uh, definitely a great game to watch there. I totally agree, Jackson. So my game here, uh, I kind of forgot that this game was happening this week as I put this shirt on. But uh, we have Wyoming at Illinois at 4 Eastern on the Big Ten Network. And this one, too, if you're going to pick, if you're our gambling audience, if you're going to pick a game to pick an upset on, I would pick this one, Wyoming at Illinois, um, because – you know, Wyoming, they have the style of play that's conducive to beating Power 5 teams. If you remember in 2019, Wyoming beat Kelly. They ruined Kelly Bryant's Missouri debut out there in Laramie. Uh, Sean Chambers ran what's seen for like a million yards against that Missouri defense out there in Laramie. This game's not in the, in the high elevation of Laramie. It's at Illinois. But Wyoming went 7-6 last year. They only, they play, or excuse me, they only return nine starters. They play a Big Ten brand of football, though. They averaged 200, 212 yards per game last season. Uh, Craig Bull, of course, a former North, North Dakota State uh, coach, head coach. They, they're not afraid to use a fullback. So this is a Big Ten team disguised as a Mountain West, or a Mountain West, or yeah, Big Ten team disguised as a Mountain West team. Illinois, on the other hand, went five and seven last season, but returns 13 starters, including their top two leading leading receivers and rushers. They are they are projected to finish last in the Big Ten West by Phil Steele, which that surprises me considered considering that Northwestern's also in that division. So maybe Phil Steele knows something we don't. Uh, and again, like this is probably your upset pick for the weekend, too, considering these teams. So. 
Yeah, absolutely. And anytime that we can see a group of five versus power five, especially before it gets even more convoluted um, in the next upcoming few years, uh, is always fun to watch that dynamic. You really only get to see it in bowl season and in, you know, week zero and week one. You don't really see it outside of that um, in the in the year. So, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be awesome to watch for sure. Um, I'll go ahead and go with my next game. How can you not watch this if you're a college football fan? Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Um, Vanderbilt is coming under a lot of new branding, getting the new logo, new helmets, all that good stuff. Um, Mike Wright named the starter at SEC Media Day. So more of a dual threat, which is something that Vanderbilt has really always lacked. Um, and Hawaii, new football coach and Timmy Chang, a really homecoming for him. Uh, so, man, a new beginning for both of these schools. Uh, you can watch it at 10.30 Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. And um, Life is Good is going to be mid-afternoon in Hawaii. And you can just sit back and, and fall asleep to it. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for this one, too. Uh, if you if you remember two years ago or over or three seasons ago, excuse me, you had uh, the 2019 uh, Arizona Hawaii game. And that game was an amazing week zero game. Uh, if, you, if you came off of watching the Florida Gators beat the Miami, Miami Hurricanes at Orlando with uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler on the call. And you had just a back and forth affair between these two teams, which ended with Khalil Tate being stopped a yard short after scrambling on the final on the final play just probably one of the best finishes of any game I've seen in my life uh, I expect a close game as well with Hawaii uh, having a new coach and you know a lot of players transferred out of Hawaii you know they lost of course Chevin Cordero to San Jose State which probably the more shocking transfers uh, of the offseason they lose Nick Mardner um, so if you watch the 2019 Hawaii Bowl you'll remember Jason Benetti now Fox Sports uh, play-by-play man Jason Benetti's iconic call it's Nick Mardner night in Hawaii you know just um, or, uh, it's Nick Mardner night in Aloha Stadium after catching two passes in a row to beat Zach, Will- Zach Wilson and BYU so uh, should be a very even game honestly you have a very uh, kind of quaint uptight atmosphere our up-close atmosphere with uh, the, the game being played at Clarence T.C. Ching Stadium in Hawaii. It's going to be a different environment than Bandy's used to in the SEC. So should be a very unique game, and I, I'm excited for it too, um, you know, the nightcap for this week. Uh, going on to my next game, we're going to go back to the FCS level. And I got to ask, what's the start of the college football season without a game at the Crampton Bowl? So we have the FCS kickoff at Jacksonville State and Stephen F. Austin. And this is Jacksonville State last year in the FCS before they go to Conference USA. I know we mentioned how crazy that conference is going to look next season, you know, with all the realignment happening. But obviously, Jacksonville State has a home field advantage in what I believe is their third or fourth appearance in the FCS kickoff. I mean, it's just easy to put Alabama school in Montgomery, you know, for uh, for this game. Stephen F. Austin is a sleeper out of the whack, and they have some they have some dark horses. Or I mean, the way you see, or depends on the way you see it. Favorites for the Walter Payton Award, which we'll talk about later. But Stephen F. Austin went eight and four last year in the South, and they gave up nineteen points per game. And that's with teams like with let's excuse me, that's with teams like Sam Sam Houston State in the conference with them. So this is a definitely a game to watch. 3.30 Eastern ESPN, the 3.30 to whatever, 10.30 time block is going to be an absolute powerhouse time block for ESPN as they have back-to-back FCS bashes. Uh, definitely what you should be watching in week zero. But, I mean, again, the FCS kickoff at the historic Crampton Bowl. Absolutely. I'll always love any time we can mention the Crampton Bowl, squeeze that in there, especially when there's a there's a game over there. 
Um, I always love to watch. Um, I'll go with my last. Was that your last game to watch? Or do you have another one? Um, I think I have one more. Let me see. Okay. Or do, right, or actually, gonna... do I? No, no, I'm good. I'm good to go. That... Okay. I'll, I'll go with my last two. Um, Nebraska and Northwestern, uh, which the reason I'm going with that is because of where the game is. It is going to be in Dublin, Ireland, 1230 Eastern on Fox. Aviva Stadium is gorgeous. Man, nothing like what we have in college football. Uh, it's awesome that they get a chance to play here. Big Ten country. We expanded to California. I guess we're going to Ireland now. So it's, it's nice to nice to see uh, going all over, all over the world, I guess. Um, and with my last game to watch, um, Omar is going to hate me for this. Rams Bengals on NFL Network at 6 Eastern. Um, the reason I'm going with this, man, is because you want maybe a day three pick that you can really keep your eye on, especially if you're a fan of the Los Angeles Rams. Jacoby Durant, man, already three interceptions in training camp. Jalen Ramsey just said yesterday that he's he's way ahead where he was knowledge-wise as a rookie, which I know Jalen Ramsey went to FSU, but that even surprised me, man. Um, so uh, excited to see what, what Jacoby can do uh, in the big leagues. And, I mean, yeah, it's a Super Bowl rematch and all that, but, man, it's going to be awesome to see Durant get a lot of playing time and, Hopefully that'll carry in into you know week one the real season. I mean, I am I am kind of disappointed, Jackson, but I'll allow it because you're talking about Kobe Durant, a great player uh, out of you know out of HBCU. And if you if you're an NFL fan, you would know that Buddy Buddy Pugh out there in uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina, knows how to develop those players. With um, sorry, what's a what what does Darius Leonard want people to call him now? Um, I forget I forget the name. I don't want to call him Darius Leonard. Ooh, I, um, I so let me look it up. Right. So I, yeah, so I, call I know what you're talking about, though. Um, but with uh, Shaquille, yeah, with Shaquille Leonard, um, if you probably know him better as Darius Leonard, with uh, his career so far in the in the NFL as a as a as a multiple time Pro Bowler, uh, Buddy Pugh knows how to develop those guys out there. Jacoby Durant just continues that tradition. Uh, went to the Shrine Bowl last year with their with their great partnership with HBCU. So, um. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it, Jackson. But um, but yeah, uh, so I something I want to share though. I mean, I am so excited. Anytime it's college football in Ireland, you know, I am so excited for these games, and they do a great job promoting them too. I want to go to one of those Ireland games one of these days. But uh, I'm gonna share my screen and show this the uh, promotional, the great promotional job that Northwestern did with this. Like I, I don't know if you can see this, Jackson, but you have a Nebraska and a Northwestern player running through the cliffs of Moore. This is probably the most beautiful piece of promotional college football art I've seen in my life. This made me want to buy tickets to Ireland. So this was in the program. This was in the virtual program of the uh, 2021 uh, Northwestern Illinois game at Wrigley Field, a game that I went to. Um, and I was, I saw that I'm like, oh my gosh, give me my tickets to Ireland for Notre Dame Navy in 2020, 20, 2023. Give me, give me my flight tickets right now. So uh, just a beautiful piece of art. And, you know, I, I got to wonder where. Superb Photoshop skills right there. It's amazing. I got to wonder where this, uh, where this great run ended. Did it end at the Barney Stone? You know, like where did this great run end for this, for this wow. great player? But I'm going to stop my share. It looks share, like so to me, the corner 31 for Nebraska, it looks like he might've gotten beat. So I'm guessing a little toss to the outside, you know, or maybe outside the tackles run at least. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. As inspirational.
Um, he may have been stopped outside uh, some local some local pub or tavern out there in Dublin. You know that, that possibly. I kind of so. think where. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I had missed that. That is something else. Uh, and we'll go ahead and go with our with our players to watch this week. We've already each of us have already gone over. Um, gone over at least one with uh, with Quentin Williams for yourself, and I, I had Isaiah Connolly. Uh, I'm gonna go with with TJ Young, the safety from Florida Atlantic. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about Charlotte at Florida Atlantic and how that was one sided. Could be a little bit closer this year. I'm not expecting Young to slow down at all, though. Man, 112 career tackles and. Two of his three interceptions last year were pick sixes, man. So look for it to maybe go the other way. Um, so excited to see what what Young can do, and definitely a, a potential you know NFL prospect coming out of uh, coming out of FAU. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Florida Atlantic, I mean, uh, and they had a strong defense, you know, the past couple of years. I guess like not a strong S defense, but you you saw shades of greatness in their defense the past couple of years. Uh, with 2020, they allowed 17.4 points per game. This past year, they allowed 26 points per game. So definitely strong defense is coming out of FAU and Conference USA and probably going to get stronger with some of the stronger teams, such as, or I guess the stronger offenses, such as Marshall going to going to uh, the Sun Belt. Uh, so my next so my next play of the week, I talked a bit about Logan Bonner, too. Definitely a household name to watch and a Dark Horse Heisman candidate being a quarterback in the Mountain West. But um, I'll show some love for uh, the running backs like it's the 1990s, you know, a big 10 running back like I'm talking about Ron Dane. But uh, Chase Brown out of, out of Illinois and this guy had a quiet he quietly had a great year. Um, if his workload was higher, I mean, this is definitely a guy we're talking about as a Heisman Dark Horse. But he he only had 170 carries, and even then with 170 carries, he had 1,005 yards. So definitely an explosive playmaker at running back for the Fighting Illini. He could fall in the footsteps of other Brett Bielema backs like P.J. Hill, Monte Ball. Um, they run, you know, they obviously they run a, a similar style of op- of offense to, um, you know, those Wisconsin teams, those strong Arkansas teams, even in Arkansas, too. They had great running back play. If you remember Alex Collins for uh, the Razorbacks. So Chase Brown, too. I expect that Wyoming, Illinois game to be one in the trenches, uh, in all honesty, on you know, for both Wyoming on offense and Illinois on offense. Uh, Chase Brown, definitely a running back to watch out of the Big Ten because, you know, uh, you know. What what's more what's more Heisman like than a running back out of the Big Ten? So that's my player to watch. That's another that's another one of my players to watch right there. Yeah, absolutely, man. And if there's a if there's a conference that really has a history of producing great running backs, it's it's the Big Ten, right? I mean, you can go all the way back to Eddie George. You can do someone more modern like Jonathan Taylor. Even go back to our childhood like Reggie Bush. You know, so. Um, I'll go with a <laughs> conference realignment joke. I'll go with, um, my next guy, uh, Dedrick Parsons, the running back from Hawaii. Omar, you might know him as the transfer from Howard, um, from this past year. Um, get out your hardware bingo cards. If you have it from when Omar posted it, if you can't catch, you can't play Omar as a running back. Um, uh, Man, he has 618 rushing yards, but 279 receiving yards last year, which is a ratio I love to see as a as a running back uh, ball catching advocate. But uh, man, he's getting the full time starting role. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit it fast this year, man, because he, he's that good. He doesn't have to share the duties with anyone else. And he was only a few yards away from it for if you count, you know, all purpose yards. So um, excited to see him against Vanderbilt. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we both remember last year, Calvin Turner from, from you know, Hawaii in that offense. Different offense, obviously, with Timmy Chang now coaching instead of uh, Todd Graham, thank, thank, thankfully, because Todd Graham almost did irreparable damage to that program. But um, it'll be interesting to see whether Diedrich Parsons takes that Calvin Turner role. Now, of course, he doesn't have the background of Calvin Turner, with Calvin Turner being a former triple option quarterback at Jacksonville. But Calvin Turner ran the ball a ton. He obviously caught a ton of passes for the for the Rainbow Warriors last year. So maybe Parsons takes that role of Calvin Turner, just, uh, you know, being that sort of Swiss Army knife for that Hawaii offense. So I'm very intrigued to see how uh, Timmy Chang used them, which uh, I guess in a run and shoot scheme, because I assume they're going back to the run and shoot. Uh, they have a tight end listed on their depth chart, but I, I assume it's going to be a, a, tra- a soft transition to those run and shoot principles. Um, that we saw, you know, of course, in the Colt Brennan days and with Nick Rolovich as coach uh, a few, uh, a couple of years ago. So I'm excited for that. Uh, my last player to watch is, sorry, I got the wrong scroll in the Google document, but um, it's a kind of a combination player to watch. We have Trey Self and Xavier Gibson, the quarterback receiver tandem out of uh, out of Stephen F. Austin. So Trey Self, starting with him, he had 3,200 yards and 28 touchdowns for the Lumberjacks last year. Can really sling the ball around. You know, if you like offense, you know, you know the Wax known for having explosive offenses. That has not changed ever since they resurrected football. Stephen F. Austin is one of those explosive offenses. But I want to show some love to his receiver, uh, Xavier Gibson, who had 1,367 yards and 13 touchdowns last season for the Lumberjacks. Uh, there has only been one receiver to win the Walter Payton Award. Jackson, do you know what that receiver is? Walter Payton Award. I I do not remember it off the top. It's of my Cooper head. Cup. The yeah, Cooper Cup. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I knew it was. I knew it was an NFL great, current great. But yeah, Cup makes sense. exactly. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, so definitely someone to uh, have on your draft radar as maybe a late round pick out of the out of Stephen F. Austin. But those guys too, like, and that's a test. Like Jacksonville State is going to be a test for uh, for that program for the and for that offense. And I expect them to be front runners for the Walter Payton Award if they have a huge game. If they both have a huge game uh, out there in in the Crampton Bowl. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to to watch that one, man. It is a great slate, especially if you are equally into the NFL side of things. That night slate uh, for preseason, if you have NFL Plus and can get the out of market ones, is also really great. Um, so, man, a lot of football to be had on this week zero of college football, week three of preseason. I'm I'm excited to soak it all in, and uh, man, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited too. I mean, you know, even then, we already got bowl projections coming out. I guess these bowl yeah, projections will maybe insane. like take a little bit of shape after week zero. So uh, that's what I'm excited about. And it's always great to have college football back. I mean, just get, you know, it's just If it's you want to know what your, what your, what your uh, Christmas and New Year's holiday week will not look like, just look at the bowl projections coming out right now. And then it's probably the exact opposite of what you'll actually be watching. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. So this is it's, bowl projections are always fluid, you know, starting with uh, with week zero too. We'll, we'll see that with week zero. So uh, I'm super excited. Um, that's all I got, Jackson. You have anything else? I'm good, man. I'm excited for, for a great, great week of college football. Yep. Me too. All right. So until next time, everyone, peace, love and soul.